Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,677. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Morton Grove, Illinois, with a very special guest by the name of Damon Bell. Hey, Damon, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll have some fun here today. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, I want you to share one little thing with us that most people may not know about you. Uh... I'm not doing it much of uh, much at all these days, but I am an avid Ultimate Frisbee player. Oh, you know, I have a very good longtime friend here where I live in Gig Harbor. His son ended up being like a world champion player, and it's incredible. I mean, he is so good at it, and you watch him. I've watched him on television play and these international competitions and so forth. I mean, it looks like a blast, uh, but it also looks like you got to be pretty skilled. I, I still can't throw those darn things very well. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because a lot of people aren't familiar with it, and when I tell them when I tell them that I play it, they're like, "Oh, is that like frisbee golf?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it no. is not like frisbee golf. Much more intense than that. It's very close to kind of soccer in terms of yes. rhythm of the game, but it is it's so fun to play because. When you throw a frisbee, a good skilled frisbee thrower, when you throw a football or a basketball, there's a given arc. It goes in one direction, Mm -hmm. but a skilled frisbee thrower can bend it and make it fly way out, can sort of make it hover in the air. So yeah, it's just very exciting, very fast paced. And (laughs) it is like the only thing that compels me to get out and and exercise. Mm. Uh, So it's a good motivation to kind of get out and stay fit. Yeah. Well, shout out to uh, Stanley Peterson, uh, the son of uh, my good friend Douglas, uh, for the uh, ultimate Frisbee championships that he's played in. And he's just become a a superstar in that sport. It looks like a lot of fun. It's almost like uh, Frisbee rugby in some cases, a lot of contact going on. Yeah, there is sort of, uh, it's not like football level. I would say like soccer level, yeah. there's no pads or anything. But yes, when you see a good player that can, they, they call it laying out to make a diving oh, catch. Yeah. There are some very thrilling uh, highlights uh, that happen uh, in a game. All I can imagine is seeing my my ribs crack and break. If yeah. like I've act- I actually, I actually have cracked the river two plane. Uh, I, yeah, I don't doubt it. Way and, yeah. 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 Well, uh, if Stanley's listening, he'll laugh at this. I was playing badminton at his house with my daughter on a 4th of July, and I actually broke my ribs playing badminton. Oh. <laughs> yeah. As a result of Stanley going, come on, Mr. Green, dive for those. Well, <laughs> it wasn't a good thing for Mr. Green didn't to end do. Well. No, it didn't. Uh-huh. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Oh, now my ribs hurt, reminding me of that. <laughs> yeah, broken ribs are not fun to deal with. Well, let me give you a proper oh. introduction here, uh, and I'll try to stay still in my seat and not break anything. <laughs> Damon Bell is the senior editor at Consumer Guide Automotive. As a lifelong car enthusiast, he joined Consumer Guide in 2000 
As the research acquisitions editor of Collectible Automobile Magazine, he became Consumer Guide's associate auto editor in 2003, moved up to auto editor in 05, and transferred to his current role in 2012. Damon also co-hosts the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast. So I've got a fellow podcaster on the line with me today. Hopefully he can teach me a few things and has worked (laughs) on several award-winning hardcover books, including Hot Rod and Custom Chronicle, Cars of the Classic 30s, American Cars of the 1950s, and Mighty Muscle Cars. Prior to joining Consumer Guy, Damon was the engineering graphics coordinator at Ravel Monogram. Yeah, that place, the world's leading model car company. Man, I spent a lot of my my, uh, paper route money on those way back in the day. He's also president of the Midwest Automotive Media Association, known as MAMA. Or mama, or something like that. M A M A. We're mama's boys. Yep. Mama's boys. I see. Okay. We'll be back in a minute to talk with Damon. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. So sit tight, keep your seatbelt on. We'll be right back. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior? is the sun. Those harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash, they fade the colors, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install and remove and protect your vehicle while parked in the sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options featuring an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a Covercraft sunscreen for your family members and friends. They'll thank you for it every time they park their vehicle. They're custom made to fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options. And here's something special from me here at Cars yeah, just for you. Use the code yeah 120 at checkout at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code yeah 120 at checkout and you get 10% off. You can thank me later. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are. Keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. All right, Damon, we are back. And as we begin this journey we call your life, I would like for you to share a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tire spinning a little bit here. So, Damon, grab the wheel. 
Yeah, I there. I don't know if I would call this a success quote per se, but it's something that has stuck with me over the years. And to be honest, I'm not even sure exactly who said it, but I'm almost sure that it's a street machine builder, Scott Sullivan, mm. who is one of my favorite car builders. His taste and his skill is just impeccable. And I believe at some point he said that he was willing to go to any extreme to make it look like nothing happened. Ah, that's an interesting way to look at, especially building cars. But I think I I think I kind of get it. How do you interpret that? I interpret that you look at the whole picture and you don't know that it that hood has been pie cut two inches. You don't know precisely that the that the top has been chopped that much. You just know it looks better and you can't figure out exactly why. And the subtlety of it is what makes it great. Yeah. So let me let me ask you, how have you incorporated that into your career? And what you do? I think it's it's just yeah that there shouldn't be any one element that hits you over the head. It just should be that the whole picture looks, works, and feels right. So I guess in in writing and and editorial work, there's not any one thing you can point to. It's just that the whole package works. Yeah, I would agree with that. It kind of reminds me of uh, another quote: "Mies van der Rohe, less is more." concept mm-hmm. of not going too far with things. I mean, you think of extreme vehicles like, let's say, a jeepney out of the Philippines, and you go, okay, I think you've gone a little too far here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's an extreme example of it, but I understand what it is you're saying, and you're right, especially when it comes to certain builds and vehicles. Sometimes They've gone just a little too far, and you kind of think you wish they'd stop. There's another great quote that I recall. Perfection is achieved not when there is nothing left to add, but when there is nothing left to take away. Yes. Yeah. Same kind of concept. Yeah, I think pinstripers have a saying that you have to know when to lift the brush. <laughs> yes. You <know? laughs> like, you have to, and it takes, it, it takes time to kind of recognize and understand when enough is enough and when it's right, you know, and to, to let it go at that point. And, and also, yeah, especially with custom cars and stuff, there is that instinct that, oh, well, if, if a one and a half inch chop is good, then a five inch chop is even better. <laughs> yes, like, yeah, no, doesn't work that way. Maybe not. has to work as has to individual elements have to be paid attention to, but you also have to pay attention to the whole. I understand, you know, and it relates to podcasting. You can, Probably relate to this idea since you do a podcast, and that is knowing when to stop talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And it's the interplay that makes it fun. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, let me have you share a lot more with us about Consumer Guide Automotive. Explain to our listeners that maybe haven't heard of you guys. I'm assuming everybody probably has, but if they haven't, or if they haven't explored you more deeply, what is Consumer Guide Automotive? What are all the things that you guys do there? And also, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. So Consumer Guide has been around for more than 50 years now, and you know our primary stock and trade is new vehicle reviews, and we still do those, and those are all on our website at consumerguide.com. Uh, but in recent years, we've sort of shifted focus a little bit, and we've got capsule reviews on that consumerguide.com website. But then we have also added uh, our Daily Drive blog site, 
And that is, we kind of have those two uh, websites working in conjunction where we've got the capsule reviews on our main consumer guide page and then more individualized reviews of specific cars with full photo shoots where we go into a little more detail on specific test cars that we've had through our office fleet. And then we also do, uh, along with those new car reviews, we have a lot of fun vintage ad galleries and brand new car reviews. Like we just uh, did uh, posted a review of the wild new Ram 1500 TRX pickup truck, Oh yeah, which is 702 horsepower supercharged <laughs> off-road monster yeah yeah kind of the battler of the raptor yeah exactly uh all nine miles per gallon i'm guessing that <laughs> yeah. you get with that it, would you drive it the way it was designed to be so new car stuff but then also a sprinkling of kind of interesting old car stuff as well and uh, we are also we share an office with collectible automobile magazine so we uh every now and again run some of the photo feature and cheap wheels and future collectible content from from collectible automobile on the website as well so it's a good mix of stuff it's nice i'm an old car person as well as a new car person mm-hmm. so it's nice to kind of be able to wear multiple hats in that way oh yeah you're having some fun now how have you dealt with uh, the eight hundred thousand pound gorilla in the room we've had to deal with here. COVID, you know, with being able to going out and shooting cars and being with crews and things and now being trapped in our homes or locked in our homes and having to deal with that. How have you worked around that this year? Yeah, it's it's been tough and it's been tougher still for the manufacturers who, I mean, kind of the, the standard way that they introduce new vehicles is press events where they will fly you in and, you know, put you up for a night or two and you do kind of a ride and drive situation for your first exposure to a new vehicle. Obviously with airlines and all that stuff being upended by COVID that those practices have changed. So we're still getting new test cars in. Uh, We've obviously shifted to doing a lot more things remotely, but we still are able to go into our offices and kind of have a skeleton crew to get things done. Uh, and then we also, yeah, as you mentioned, we do a podcast as well. We produce that in conjunction with the radio station, but we used to go into the studio to do it. Now we're recording that from home as well. So we've managed to pivot pretty well overall. Well, good. You and your family been healthy and okay? Yes. Knock on wood, we're, we're all good. I'm lucky enough to be in a, a suburb of Chicago where we do have in-person schooling mm-hmm. and especially happy that both of my boys, uh, uh, seven and 10, they are not averse to wearing masks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, good. I'm happy to hear that. That's great. You know, I always ask my guests to share a big challenge or even a failure that's come their way in their life or their career. And the reason for this is more about sharing how you came out of that experience as a learned lesson moving forward in a positive way. So walk us through maybe one of those that perhaps set you back a little bit, but even more importantly, how did you flip that into a momentum gaining experience for yourself? Uh, That's a great question. And I would have to say, you know, when I when I got the job at Ravel Monogram, the plastic model kit company, that was literally a dream job for me. And it was something that I worked at after graduating from college and chipped away at it. And, you know, it was literally like a dream come true that it actually worked out. Um, it took me a, a year or two to to get it. But 
you're, you probably would not be surprised to know that the plastic model kit industry overall, not what it used to be in the 60s, yeah. uh, high and it's just been, despite the there's adult enthusiasts like me who never got out of it. <laughs> we never grew up, did we, Damon? <laughs> never grew up, never grew up. I'm still got my Hot Wheels and model cars and all that stuff and, and a basement full of it too. Yeah. But, you know, newer generations, we didn't have smartphones and video games the same way that, that this generation does. So, right. yes, I had my dream job, but it only lasted about three years and I was caught in a second huge layoff at the company in as many years. And I took a little bit of solace in the fact that the entire internal model shop was let go at the same time. Mm. And these are guys, master craftsmen with 20, 30, 40 years of experience. So if they're not sticking around, what business do I have <laughs> sticking <laughs> sure. around? Yeah. So, but basically... That, you know, it's a cliche, but that old saying, when one door closes, another opens. Mm -hmm. Losing my dream job at Ravel was probably the best thing to happen to me career-wise since getting it, because then I shifted, like, I was literally out of work for a couple months before I started at Collectible Automobile, and I've been there ever since. And so, yeah, it's it's uh, just kind of keeping your head up and moving forward, even when you get those setbacks. Uh, you know, have hope that something better will come along because it usually does. You know, you're right. I always say those experiences are really like being pushed out of the net uh, nest and learning to fly. And you don't know it at the time because you feel like you're falling towards the ground and it's yeah. going to end in a disaster. However, al in almost every case of people I've spoken to and for myself as well, at the time it seems tragic and terrible and you're lost. You don't know what you're going to do. Uh, let me ask you this. How did you or what things did you do for their because right now so many people have lost their jobs. People have lost their businesses this year. I mean, it's just devastating what's happened. And I've had many people call me and say, hey, can we just talk? I lost my job. I don't know what to do. I've been working in this career. I thought this is my dream job. And all of a sudden it's gone. What are the some of the things that you did during that transition that helped get you to where you ended up landing in a positive place and an even better place? I guess, yeah, just leaning on friends a little bit and and kind of, yeah, understanding that, that it's it's not forever and just, yeah, trying to stay focused on, uh, <laughs> this tells you how long ago it was, I picked up a print Chicago Tribune and looked through the classified <laughs> section. Yeah, what are those? <laughs> that's how, yeah. yeah, that's how I found the listing for the uh, Consumer Guide uh, Collectible mm -hmm. Automobile job, right. uh, printed in the paper. So, yeah, just, I guess, occupy yourself as much as possible and, and, right. and look forward. Yeah, the other thing I've told people, too, is it's a great lesson. Have you been preparing for this? And it's not to be fatalistic, but you should always have a runway built, meaning money in savings that's easily accessible that'll get you through at least six months without panicking so that you've got a bit of a runway and a cushion there. And a lot of people think, oh, I'll never be let go. I'll never leave. And that could be, but things could happen in that company. I just interviewed a gentleman yesterday who worked at this company. He thought everything was great, had his dream job, and then the owner quietly sold it. The new owners mm. came in and let everybody go. One day, boom, gone. And it's like, what happened? Yeah, I thought I was yeah. doing a good job. Well, you were, but I don't own the place anymore. I just have a big check. See you later. Bye. 
And those yep. things, those things yep. happen. So, you know, that old uh, save for a rainy day is so important. And, and it allows you to, like with what I'm doing here, my podcast, it allowed me to literally take a year off and not worry about making my mortgage payments or in the case of what was going on then, my son's tuition payments, <laughs> and think about what I wanted to do and try some things and I thought I'd be a podcaster for maybe six months or a year. Here we are almost seven years later and 1,677 shows. You just don't know, you know? And that's the other thing too is, you know, I I can remember, you know, early on in my time at Ravel, I was just like, you know, I was in the the internet business before that, like just a kind of tech support person at at an internet service provider, very volatile industry, as you can easily imagine. Right. And I remember, you know, landing that Ravel job and just, oh, like breathing this huge sigh of relief and thinking like, well, I'm set now because model kits are never going away. Right. <laughs> yeah. And no, like, like, you know, this company has been around for 50 plus years. This is exactly where I want to be. Like, and yeah, that you just have to get comfortable with the fact that the only constant is change. Yep. Another cliche, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. Also, the idea of always looking, always thinking ahead, even though you don't think you'll ever leave, is really healthy because it exposes you to possibilities that you never dreamed would come your way. So I always say that with my kids. They have great jobs, but I always say, always be looking. And if somebody offers you something, talk to them about it. You just never know what might come up. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, model cars. Boy, I spent a lot of paper route money on building model (laughs) cars. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll be back in a minute to talk about your personal passion with cars. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. Stay buckled up. We'll be right back. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with them for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866-224-9324. 9324 and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you found Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, 
precision engineering science, all wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruits and very smooth tannins. The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners received at Le Mans. The racing series is a fantastic gift for the ultimate enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you today. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all in caps, when you're at the adoberoadwinery.com checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of wines from the racing series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get $10 off your purchase of the racing series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to Adobe Road Wines today and use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. Cheers! My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, Damon, we're back. I'd love for you to share a story with me that explains that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy. You know, I, I don't think there was any one pivotal moment. I really think, like I think a lot of your other guests have said, it was just there from the start, you know, almost kind of just born with it. There were early memories, though. I, I have very early memories of going to World of Wheels car shows, and just that was a red letter day when we got to you know get in the car and drive to a neighboring town to see the the traveling show. And you know, I remember like the stage fright uh, show rod, and and a lot of <laughs> yeah. those kind of. I remember the Pac Man car, just these wild show rods that were you know, just spark the imagination of a little kid. And then of course, yeah, the steady diet of Hot Wheels and model cars. And my mom used to pick me up. It's amazing in retrospect that this was a Peterson publication, but there was a car themed kind of comic book called Cartoons Magazine. Oh, oh yeah. And those, I, I grew up on those. You couldn't get it by subscription, but my mom would faithfully buy me a copy every time a new issue came out. And I remember like not really understanding some of the jokes as a kid, but that really, and, and there were also depictions of California car culture 
in that magazine that that really sort of shaped my understanding of things as a kid. I uh, yeah, I remember that too. By the way, I had a guest on earlier this year by the name of Mark Method, M E T H O T. Yeah, he relaunched it. He yeah. relaunched it. He bought the rights to yeah. it. It really had gone defunct and uh, or into into dead play. It just didn't exist anymore. And he found that it was available. He bought it and he's relaunched it with some of the original. Yeah. Artist. So, yeah, any of you listeners that missed my talk with him, it was back in July. He was guest 1587, I think, if I'm remembering my numbers right. You'll find him on the Cars yeah website, M E T H O T. First name is Mark with a C. So, yeah, cartoons, check it out. What was your first really special vehicle in your life? When I was a freshman in college, I got my first kind of collector vehicle. At this point, it's been really the only. And I had a 64 Chevy Impala two-door hardtop. Cool. Wasn't an SS, wasn't a big black, It was, but it was a 283, dark blue with a, a lighter blue interior. And that was my car for my early part of my college days. Nice. Yeah. Do you still have that? No. Nope. Did uh, set that down the road before I, I graduated college. But yeah, definitely had some, some fun in it. And I, I remember a buddy of mine at the time, one of my best friends from high school, he had a 66 Ford Galaxy uh, XL two-door hardtop. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, late 80s, early 90s, the feeling of driving a two-door hardtop, we had to, you know, when cruising around in those cars, we had to roll down all the side windows. And we called that the hardtop effect. <laughs> and just that, just that feeling of like pillarless open windows on the side, that was, that was something that, uh, you know, we hadn't experienced in the new cars that were around at the time. And of course, even now, that's just hardtop vehicles aren't a thing anymore. So yeah, having that hardtop effect with the wind at the side was, was a big part of the fun of those that's cars. That's right. Yeah, the B-pillar didn't exist. It went away when you rolled down that little back window. So, yep. yeah, that made that car pretty cool. And I love the three lights in the back. Remember that about those mm -hmm. vehicles, which is cool. In fact, I remember even some people later when the church signals, they'd flash across. Kind of, they do that on some of the, like the Cougar did yeah. that. Yeah, sequential lights. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's always kind of fun. That's cool. Well, I'm going to get in your head a little bit here, Damon. I'm going to be your psychologist today. If you woke up tomorrow... And you were manifest as a car. This isn't what you want to be. It's how you perceive your attributes in a machine. What would Damon Bell be? And more importantly, why? Oh, this is a stumper. And, and I, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't. I don't think this is the right answer. But the thing okay. I keep coming back to is a first generation Nova. <laughs> well, you know, that's okay. You know, I had a six, my first car was a 67 Chevy Nova. It was a little grandma car. It was the four door, nothing cool. Didn't have a big motor. You know, it was literally owned by a grandma and they still had those plastic seat covers with the little nubbies on them, but it was in really good condition. My neighbor owned a Chevy dealership and he, he got it for me. I think he charged me like 300 bucks. He even put a new set of tires and a battery in it. I was just happy to have a car, you know, and be able to <laughs> put surf racks on it and load all my buddies into that thing. And I only kept it for a year because I always felt a little goofy driving it. And I, I, got, my, <laughs> I got my poor man's Porsche, Carmen Ghia. But actually, th that was, uh, you know, near and dear to my heart. But yeah, the early Novas, I think they're kind of cool. And some of them I, yeah, were pretty, I totally. yeah, were like hot rods. I mean, they had some big motors yeah. in them. So, yeah. so why, why, do your brain, why does your brain keep going back to that thing? I just it it's not it's not a super flashy in your face car, not a super high horsepower car, maybe even a little bit square. <laughs> but 
I think it's clean. It's good looking. It's, it's, you know, reliable, uh, just not ostentatious, but gets the job done. Yeah. You know, I always had wished the one I had was a two door because they look, you know, pretty cool. But I remember I was a Chevy two, I think they call it. Yep. Yeah. And it was a metallic blue aqua green color kind of thing. Well, my friends all call it the mobile wave since we were all <laughs> surfers. But uh, yeah, that was a fun car. Yeah. And the funny thing now, it, it, my, my buddy and I in high school, we would get so fr- we would actually drive around town and point out four door Novas because four door <laughs> Novas were everywhere. But it's like, oh, you wouldn't touch one of those with a 10 foot pole because <laughs> yeah, it's see? not. A see, <laughs> I knew but, they weren't cool. <laughs> but, but now they are. And it's funny, like I go to good guys hot rod shows. There's one in Des Moines, Iowa that I never missed, been to every single one. And that it makes me feel old in and of itself because that one's uh, going on 30 years old now. Yeah. And over the past few years, you know, we saw wagons get super popular. Oh, Those yeah. were about as uncool as you could get back in the day. And I'm seeing more and more four-door cars show up, and they are looking great to my eyes these days. It's just funny how your tastes and and everyone's tastes and perceptions change over time. Right, exactly. All right, Damon, we are entering what I call the last lap, kind of a lightning round. I'm going to kick off some really quick questions, get some really quick answers from you. I'll say quick throttle blips from that Chevy Nova, so here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits you think has contributed to your successes in life? This would be another kind of mantra, and that is, this is a saying that I actually read in a model car magazine of all places, and that is, craftsmanship is its own reward. I love that. Yeah, it's great. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? I would have to say automotive illustrator and artist and pinstriper and custom paint genius, Steve Stanford. Yes, definitely. Now, if you had to ask, or you could only ask him one question, what would it be? Oh, I don't <laughs> I think I could narrow it down, but the, <laughs> the it first would be question. like, is there anything you can't do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Car, car wise, that would be a question, but yeah. I would just love to bench race with him and just brainstorm ideas because his knowledge and skill set is so deep that any sort of idea you could throw at him, he could make it better, I'm sure. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to automotive advice someone else has ever offered you, what would that be? I can't, I, uh, I can't remember if any one person told me this, but you know, in working at my job at Consumer Guide, I, I would say the advice is recognize the beauty of the 200 horsepower car. Ah, okay. You know, before I viewed new cars, I, I'll be honest, I did not understand the brilliance of a Miata or a Volkswagen GTI, mm-hmm. and now I get it. Yes. It's fantastic to have a Hellcat Challenger or something that's got 700 horsepower, but I live in suburban Chicago. It's very congested. You need a racetrack to drive a lot of these super-powered cars, and a Miata or a GTI is a vehicle that is practical, and you can enjoy it every day on the street, and I, I think that's that's incredibly important. Yeah, you see these cars, and they just came out with one that went over 300 miles per hour, and you kind of go, all right where would I do that and why would I do that? Uh, Even on a track, I don't think I want to go 300 miles an hour. Uh, A little bit too fast. So yeah, and those supercars, while they're absolutely insane and fun and the thought of them 
is like exhilarating. I've heard from many people, they're kind of one hour cars. You get in them and you go, okay. And then the owners park them in the garage as, as trophies and they don't drive them again, but they go out and they might drive their Porsche or like you said, even a Miata or some other car that's drivable. Much more fun to go fast in a slow car than vice versa because exactly. for most of us, our skill sets uh, are not really tailored to some <laughs> of these very, very fast cars. Now, I always ask about a great resource. Obviously, Consumer Guide Automotive, we kind of put that one first in the column here, right? Yes. Uh, the Both the, the new car review side and the blog side, it's just, it's a great, we do it, you know, we post something every day on the blog and, and it's just whether it's a new car review or a fun kind of historical piece, there's something there to great to look at every day. Absolutely. I'll make sure I put links to those on Damon's show notes page on the Cars Out website. Just go into the search bar, type in Damon Abel and you'll find that right there. Now, is there a book that you'd like to share? I know, you know, you've authored some books and worked on some great books, and I'll make sure that I list those, but is there another book you want to share with our listeners that you've really enjoyed reading? I could go on for, for hours <laughs> about this, but I will I will narrow it down to the most recent book I purchased. Okay. And, you know, with all this COVID stuff, people might have a higher than average need for some escapism. Mm-hmm. And I just picked up this book earlier this year, and it's called Van Nuys Boulevard, 1972. Okay. It is a collection of black and white photos uh, by a photographer named Rick McCloskey. Mm-hmm. And he basically just, it's the, the title of the book describes it. It's just strictly a photo book. There, there's no real writing per se, but there are these amazing, evocative black and white pictures. And he literally just was a young man in his early 20s in, the, in 1972 and just would go out on Van Nuys Boulevard cruise nights and just take pictures of the cars and people he saw. And he's got a great photograph, uh, photographic eye. And man, it is so evocative and so captures this very, very specific moment in time. Oh, you know, I'll have to get my hands on that. 72, first year of high school for me. So that'd bring back some great memories. I grew up in yeah. Southern California. Not quite Van Nuys Boulevard, a lot more cruising going on there than where I was. Um, I was more into a beach vibe surfer scene. However, uh, there was definitely a lot of cool cars back in the day. And, uh, one of my favorite past cars I've owned is a 72 911S Porsche. Uh, that was a great car. And that 70s era uh, had produced, even though it was kind of Malaysia-ish when it came to American cars and they were getting kind of boring and the yep. gas crisis, there was a lot of great cool cars. And of course, leftover 60s muscle cars too in, in the 70s. Exactly. Yeah, very cool. Thanks for recommending that. First time that book's been recommended. All right, we are up to the checkered flag here. We're going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to buy you a collector car today. Anything in the world, but there are rules, as my listeners know. You can't sell it to uh, save up for your son's college educations. And if you're not saving, whatever you're saving, triple it, because it's going to be expensive. I, I've been there, done that. Uh, I want you to be able to drive this thing. No garage queens allowed, no dust collectors. But it's the only one cool collector car you can park in your garage. So it needs to tick a lot of boxes for you. What am I going to buy you today, Damon? Well... You might be off the hook because I'm not even sure that this car exists. Oh, okay. Or all right. But it is it is there's actually a couple that I could I have one as a backup, but the first one I'll say is the car that won the Detroit Autorama Riddler Award in nineteen seventy. It's a completely customized sixty six Hemi Dodge Charger called the Electro Charger. And it is 
again, I don't know if it exists and it is just an amazing time capsule. I've literally only seen two pictures of it and it looks like a custom pro touring car kind of 45, 50 years before the fact. And, and yeah, it's, it's just, no one modifies, uh, muscle cars in the way that this car was modified anymore. And again, I don't even know if it exists, but, uh, that would probably be my choice. That car was green, right? It was. Yep. And it had kind of an odd vinyl top treatment too. very wide Goodyear blue streak tires and, uh, you know, slot, uh, deep. Uh, slot wheels so yeah well it's probably in some garage somewhere i'm guessing or yeah you know hidden away or maybe it's in a museum somewhere but yes if anybody knows listening to this that could unearth it i would be (laughs) (laughs) much obliged yeah and just send the bill to mark um and he'll take care (laughs) of that for damon now you said in case i can't get or find that car there was maybe another one Yes, but it's probably the exact same problem. And again, it's going back to those ISCA uh, World of Wheels car shows that warped my brain when I was a kid. (laughs) There's a a custom car builder that worked very closely with ISCA back in the day named Steve Tanzi, who sadly passed away. But he built a car that it's a 71 Plymouth Satellite Pro Street, actually Pro Street before there was such a thing, 71 Plymouth Satellite Police Car called the cop car and it's huge blown probably a hemi you know i'm not even sure Krager super trick wheels huge rear tires gigantic side pipes and it again that car warped my brain when i was six or seven years old i had a tyco slot car that i think was patterned after it and again i don't know if that car even exists anymore or if it was parted out at some point but Mm -hmm. that that as a connection to my childhood, I don't know how drivable it would be on the street. I <laughs> know that thing uh, it, it had, had a huge blower sticking out of the hood, and it was it was raked, so it had you know giant uh, probably tubbed uh, space in the back for those giant slicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more of like a dragster type thing. But yeah, you're right, huge pipe down the side. I think they even had to protect and serve in the back door or something. Yeah, the it had a, yeah, it had a very cool kind of airbrushed uh, sheriff's badge with a smoking tire on the side. Uh, yeah. yeah, for whatever reason, I had a thing for hot rod cop cars. There were a couple model kits I had as a kid, too, that, uh, I don't know, it just, uh, I, I dig them. Yeah, it was pretty much a NHRA funny car type build. You know, um, which yeah, is, was but a, but cool. a, yeah, but a four door, which made it interesting. I, I know, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> put the crooks in the back seat and take them for the ride of their life on the way back to the pokey. All right, yeah, exactly. well, listen, if if you could pick one of those two, since I can't buy you two cars today, I kind of think where you may go, it's got to be the Dodge Charger, Electro Charger. I'm guessing. For probably, although the the childhood connection with the cop car is pretty strong too. <laughs> pretty strong too. Let's let's leave it at this. Whichever one surfaces first, okay. that'll be the one. <laughs> All right, I'll, <laughs> I'll get right on that, Damon. No problems. Well, listen, you've taken me on a fun ride today. This has been great getting to know you. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Before I let you go, could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you either rip off down the drag strip in that cop car or take a little cruise in the electro charger? <laughs> I'm not much of a sports or sports movie guy, but one of my all-time favorite movie scenes is from Hoosiers, mm-hmm. the Gene Hackman basketball movie from the 
mid to late 80s. And there's a scene where the his high school team, they make it to the state finals and the kids are walking into this gigantic sports stadium you know, huge seating area, and they're all kind of slack-jawed in awe of the, you know, size of this place. And the first thing he does is he he has like, you know, hey, get up on his shoulders and take this tape measure. And they measure how far the hoop is from the, from the ground. Ah. And he said, you know, and they measure it, they give him the measurements, and he said, those are the exact same measurements of our basketball hoop back home. <laughs> like, the the le- the lesson being is that whatever venue you're in it doesn't matter yeah. it's the fundamentals you play the game the same and you focus on that yeah great advice uh, obviously super good movie too what's the best way for listeners to find out more about consumer guide automotive and the consumer guide car stuff podcast pretty much any podcast platform you can search for the consumer guide car stuff podcast if you go to consumerguide.com you'll find our our webpage and also a link to our our daily drive blog and then i'm fairly active on twitter and my handle is damon bell likes cars <laughs> no kidding yeah <laughs> damon bell likes cars okay cool i'll make sure i put links to all those on his show notes page here on the cars yeah website go ahead and log in check it out and i think you'll have some fun with everything that doing just like Damon is doing. Damon, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life with us until you and I talk again and we all get out of lockdown. I'll see you <laughs> down the road. Oh, thanks so much. Appreciate being on the show. It was fun. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!